Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, y'all. Like, who, it's like the, it? the hub of Legos in, you know, the eastern United States, obviously. Gosh, what is wrong with you? And welcome back to a new year of the Refactored Podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck a little less each day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 52. We're sure we just counted, <laughs> recorded on January 4th, 2022. So I have to apologize because I was coming in here. I was ready to come in here hot. Like you played sad trombone for me, getting the show set up. And I was ready to like trombone the hell out of you because where's episode 51? We're all I don't see up. it. We're, We're all, all messed up. <laughs> well, so first of all, we don't have 50 published. We don't have 50 don't published? Have, 50 should be published. I thought 50 no, was No, 49 is the latest up. 50 isn't published. I don't have a raw for that. We don't have a final for 51. Oh, and God. once again, you forget that it's not a new year when people are listening to this. <laughs> you got to get ahead of the curve. It's, it, well, I mean, it's going to be a new year for three of these episodes now because we've got to get these other. I think we should just rapid fire them. Probably boom, boom, two out the door this week and, and then do this one next yeah, week we on the regular cadence. Oh, my gosh. What a mess. What a mess. We're a mess. We All are right. a mess. I, and I got to apologize. At least I'll give myself 19% of the blame on this. Mm. I did a complete unplug uh, over Good the holidays. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, just good. total deep. I, I mean, I did get called in for a quote unquote emergency. I was going to say, was it an emergency be, or was it a quote air quote emergency? I'm, I, you know, I'm doing as, this great radio air quotes. I'm doing them right now. <laughs> it was an air quote emergency. I got I my phone started blowing up before 7 a.m. And this is the morning after I had gotten my booster. So I was all kinds of messed up. OK, and so the booster out. Okay, so you know what? All right, so there's there's a bunch yeah. here that we can that we can we can unpack, but we can so let's let's just let's just grab the drinks. So booster actually so I'm hurt mid, you. I'm mid I'm mid week of an unplug. Okay, right? so I go. I want to come I back get, there. I get I gotta, the booster. I gotta, I gotta, yeah, God, I gotta need some notes. All right, keep going, keep going. I'm I'm middle. I'm mid unplug. I'm just starting to unwind. I get the booster, and it actually does mess me up. Uh, Which is atypical, I'm hearing. Most people who are getting the third shot are going, they're pretty good. They're not getting- Is that is that research-backed or anecdote? This is anecdotal plus, yeah, yeah, mostly just anecdotal. We'll say anecdotal, anecdotal okay. plus because I'm also relying on my wife here, who is the doctor and uh, is also super duper smart and actually works in this area to a certain extent. And- uh, the boosters are generally not having the same, they're not laying you out on your ass, generally speaking, as often as the second shot of any of the, yeah. you know, because your immune system is already up. Um, but, but another point of evidence, um, my wife got the booster. She had already had COVID. So she got two shots, caught Delta. Delta was manageable. It was annoying more than anything else, but manageable. She got the booster. Booster was a nothing burger for her at that point. But I don't think, have you had COVID yet? Well, see, I've seen, I've seen the opposite. We, we think we did. Uh, my mm -hmm. wife's in, in clinical setting in healthcare. And so we're, we're pretty sure that we all did get it right, right at the beginning and just didn't realize it. Um, all three shots knocked her out. 
I had oh, I had like a headache after the second. It wasn't that bad, but the third the third really got me. Hmm. Um, regardless, so I go, I get that at like five o'clock on Monday night, and then mm-hmm. Tuesday morning, I'm not like I'm not feeling too great. My wife comes up, she's like, "Hey, you, like I tried to let you sleep, but your phone's blowing up with work. I don't know what's going on." So I just trudge downstairs, oh, and you know, I do the thing, and um, at, it was really not a big deal. Uh, if I'm being honest, so that was, can, that can was you can you talk can you talk about because actually I think this is pretty common. I think in in uh, I, actually I I don't think I know this is a pretty common thing that we deal with the emergence you know panicked somebody inside the org at yeah. a thing that is technical. You being the technical guy or gal du jour yeah. gets that phone that's call, common, whether you're on thing. call, whether you're supposed to be on call, whether you're explicitly yeah. not supposed to be on call, people just generally don't care. There's something that's broken and they need it fixed. And so they just start calling folks. Um, yeah. I, I, oh I think my this gosh, is pretty, help me. Yeah. yeah, this is pretty typical. It's annoying. First of all, um, you, we can talk about how, how we remedy it, but I was wondering, is there anything you can share about the situation? I'd just be curious. I, I always like hearing these stories. These are always fun. Is there anything you can share? Um, let's see. What can I share? Uh, so, first of all, it wasn't anything. <laughs> it wasn't anything my team did or was responsible oh, for or could help fix. Right? <laughs> uh, we. I, I got to be so abstract this about was an it. Excellent. This was an excellent phone call to you, being a thing that was yeah. not your responsibility, nor were you in any way, yeah. shape, matter, or form. Now let me, now let me, let me temper, <laughs> let me temper blowing up my phone. So by the time I got downstairs, there were like 30 texts and a missed call. Right? Oh gosh. The missed call was, uh, the missed call was another member of management that just reached out probably. And I didn't set like a, you know, the outlook has the, uh, uh out of office. No, out of office. I actually yeah. forgot to set that up. Um, but it's like, it's the week between the holidays I you know, whatever. Um, so he called once and, um, the other, the other like 30 texts, it was a group. It was a, a group, chat group chat with somebody okay. that was on call last week. So, you know, what was I really blowing up? It was kind of incidental notification. Gotcha. Letter. Okay. So you're just incidental. The actual issue. So we put uh, my, one of my teams is responsible for putting out a lot of systems that the rest of the organization uses. Um, so we do a lot of uh, software development workflow type tools, all the like full Atlassian suite, Jira, Bitbucket, Bamboo automated deployment software, monitoring solutions, like all that kind of stuff we do. And then we also do some stuff that sits in production, um, some monitoring and metrics and traffic control and other network gear. And to try to make it easier for the, um, the, the we, we produce this stuff uh, to try to make it easier for the consumers, uh, we have some automation in place to help with configuration. So you don't have to know anything about the system. You just know that you add whatever you need at just, you know, one per line in a text file. And then our automation picks that up, parses it out and turns it into the rules that actually go off to the production system. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to keep the configuration as minimal and simple as possible. For the most part, we've, we've done a pretty good job. Um, Long story short, the problem wasn't even actually with that system. <laughs> they said, "Oh well, <laughs> the, there's a there's a problem here, and we don't know what else it is, so we're gonna blame some middleware." 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, wasn't actually a problem with it. Well, there was actually a problem where they misconfigured it at first. They fixed that and still couldn't figure it out. And so, you know, then they were looking, which, which is fine. I, I got no problem asking for help. Um, but we have a seasonal business. And so we have uh, typically the beginning of the year or beginning of the quarter. Um, you know, we have a lot of things going on. Uh, and we did, you know, it was kind of a deadline thing. So I, I get that things escalate quickly when there's deadlines. It's not a not a big deal. Um, right. And I, I might not have mind if I didn't if I hadn't made the intentional decision to unplug. Normally, I just I go away and, you know, maybe I'll keep an eye. I'll check email. I'll just glance at the inbox, you know, in the evening just to make sure there's nothing blowing up. You know, I don't do full unplugs that often. Mm-hmm. But I, so the whole reason I'm going into all of this, the 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 booster shots and the problems that weren't actually problems, all of that, then none of that is my point. Uh, my point is that I'm actually feeling relaxed and refreshed. And if you're within the sound of my voice, the next time, especially for technology, the next time you go on vacation, unfriggin' plug mm-hmm. because you ha- I I don't do it as much as I should. I I'm really fierce with my team. Uh, when they take PTO, I tell them, I don't want to see you until your PTO is over. There's nothing here that's going to cause you to break out of your PTO. That's like sacrosanct. And I don't always have the best discipline at treating my own PTO that way. And it's something I think we've talked about it before on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we have something yeah, that I'm I'm trying to get better at. And so just trying right. to do the the lead by example thing to some degree, too. And uh it was nice. It was yeah. nice. I even had the moment. Normally, you have a long weekend, a vacation, a PTO. And I'm like, okay, back to work tomorrow. Like, it's not a big deal. I unplugged. And so by, by Sunday night, I was like, oh, man, I got to work tomorrow. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, I, you know, normally I, I, I truly don't mind going back to work. It doesn't bother me. But uh, after, after a full, after a, an, an unplug, I was like, oh, man, I felt like the kid, you know, I don't want to go back to school tomorrow. Oh man. Yeah. So my company was actually, they closed our office between Christmas and New Year's the whole week. I did the mm-hmm. exact same thing you did. Uh, complete unplug. Um, well I say unplug from communications. I gamed quite a bit of that time, which was, you know, yeah. is, is, is my ideal unplug effort. Um, and right. you raided your brains out. Yeah. I, I just, uh, actually I was playing, uh, I was playing an oldie called the uh, kingdoms of Amalur, which is a, uh, they've just re-released came out oh man a while ago at least 10 at least 10 years i think um i could be overestimating that i should check my facts before i go shoot my mouth off uh it's an older game it got uh the company that created it liquidated it's an older game sir but it checks out <laughs> i was about to clear them so uh it they just uh it got uh Company uh, went bankrupt. Uh, the IP got scooped up. Company re-released it and released a new expansion for it. I- I've never seen this before. The company is what yeah. the, the, the this this game has expired. Like it is way past its prime. It's it's old news. And right. th- they have a brand new expansion for it. But I enjoyed the game so much. I just kind of picked it up and and it's like yeah, I, I want to see this expansion. But in order to get the expansion, I can't play the old version that I played way back when. I got to play the new one. So now I'm playing it through again so that I can I can do it. So uh, anyway, and was it really was good it, game? Uh, uh, so old, such that it was like a replatforming kind of experience. To, to uh, yeah, the, I played it on I played it on Xbox 360. So I mean, it's it's up there 
in uh, in terms of age. Um, teeth. Yeah, I gotta figure. I'm, I'm I'm googling now to see if I can find a wiki page that talks about when it was original. Uh, 2012, so almost 10 years. It's released in 2012. Um, so it's a re-release. The graphics are obviously dated, but it's really really good. The company went bankrupt. Interestingly, because they sunk so much cash into the game and it honestly shows it's there's so much detail in it uh, from character development and dialogue options and things like that. It's really, really deep. And they just they just never made it back. They just I mean, they just sunk stupendous amounts of money into it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you go up to any random innkeeper and the innkeeper has eight or nine recorded audio dialogue story tracks that you can play everywhere that's every character you run into yeah so um very very fleshed out world uh building and uh uh really fun um really fun combat system you can mix and match between being a warrior rogue and uh, a mage you know traditional uh D &D tropes but you actually can literally combine different skills from the different abilities and so you can be like a, a a warrior mage or you know a combination warrior thief type thing. It's, it's, it's fun. It was a lot of fun. So anyway, another, uh, there, there's speaking your gaming, gaming sidebar for speaking the day. Of game gaming. My, uh, my son is super into Pokemon and, Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. got some, I'm so sorry. He got some cards for Christmas. Oh so, gosh. Oh no. Dad, let's play Pokemon. Let's play. No. Pokemon. Uh, oh no. Well, you know, he's, it's, look, he's six. Not, I don't want to play any of the games he wants to play. I'm just happy to interact with him because, you know, he's my son. And uh, Yeah, but, but it, it Pokemon. Me, oof. That's yeah, my, it's a little it's a little brain numbing. I got to. It's not. It's not just the trick. The time and money is, is what I'm thinking about. That's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not, you know, he's he's six and he just got two uh, like two boxed decks mm-hmm. to, to battle. So he's not, you know. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sure I, I know I know he's got there's other kids at school that are into it. So I that'll it'll start. I'm sure it'll it'll get it'll bad. Start. It'll balloon. But uh no, it got me curious. I went and I dug out my old uh I, I had gotten rid of most of them when I when I stopped, but I, I unearthed the remainder of my Magic the Gathering cards. I don't know if you were ever into card games. I wasn't. All. I know that you played. I never got into it, but yeah. I know that you were a magic player. Yeah. And I realized with with MTG, there is there is so much more to it than I ever really appreciated because Mm -hmm. it's been a long time since I played it. And I only ever played what I now know to be called Kitchen Table, which is just one V one with a standard size deck standard, you know, I shouldn't say use the word standard, just, you know, a one V one 60 card deck kind of uh, free play Um, there. But I never really looked any deeper into it because I only had a couple of friends that played. They didn't play like in tournaments or anywhere. It was just kind of very casual. There is so much more to it than I realized. And to your point about the time and money, there are different formats like card sets that you can Mm -hmm. play. And so standard, quote standard, means only cards that have been released within the last, you know, n years, like the right. last two or three or four. It's a specific. Sets. It's a specific generation of sets out of cards, and it's going to follow that, a, that a, a trend or a style of rules. And yeah, right. So each so each set has a a new. Usually, a, every major set comes out with some new or or a couple new game mechanics, right? And it's, mm-hmm. there's a theme and all of that. But that it's a rolling format. So at any given time, 
only the last like three or four sets are valid. Mm -hmm. So you can spend, you know, to your point, spend a ton of money getting this, you know, great deck together. And then it's good for two years. And then it phases out because right. it relies on mechanics that were in a set that is now expired. Now there are other formats, right? Modern is not rolling. So it's anything from like a certain point onward. Right. So it's more budget friendly. Um, and there's even a format called pauper, which you can only use uh, common cards for. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, th there are some budget friendly options, but standard. So for like any kind of formal or competitive play, uh, I saw a Reddit post was like, oh, standard or mortgage payment. <laughs> <laughs> decisions, decisions. Decisions, decisions. Yeah. So what do they call? Because uh, so most of these, a lot of these now have translated. By the way, you should check out. There are a ton now of digital video game based card games out there. Oh yeah. That that, that yeah. replicate. I mean, they took Magic: The Gathering, they turned it into a video game, and it's the same idea. Yeah. They have generations of cards. They have decks. You collect. Yeah. You build. Um, the two that jump to mind immediately. Uh, Bl uh, Blizzard has Hearthstone and mm -hmm. um, Riot who does League of Legends. They have Legends of Runeterra, which is really, really good. Mm -hmm. And then there's one based on the Witcher series called Gwent, which actually comes, it's an expansion of yeah. a card game you could actually play in one of the Witcher video games. They actually just turned it into its own game because yeah. it was so popular. I mean, uh, even even going back to Final Fantasy, as early as Final Fantasy VIII, eight, there eight was had a, a card trading game. card game yes. embedded in it, which is, I personally, I don't like the digital. Like, I like actually playing physical real cards, yeah. paper. I, I like playing paper. Um, I don't know my leisure activities. I don't like looking at this. Sometimes I play video games. I get it. We no, watch you, movies and stuff, but yeah, I don't. I don't like you know. Also, like if I'm actually going to spend money to buy cards, I something about them just. That's kind of the same reason I don't like Kindle. Like, no, mm -hmm. I, I want to actually own the thing. I, I'm. I don't know. It's, oh, see, for Kindle, so I'm. I'm fine. It's I'm, it's a largely emotional, you know, probably only partially logical thought process that goes into you're, that. The, the, you're thinking, I mean, I know where your head goes because mine does the same thing. Well, what if what if Amazon decides my book's not good anymore? You know, oh, we, we can't we can't in good conscience support this. We've got to remove this book. And so they just rip that book from your library, from your Kindle. That 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 is a concern I have because they've done it. I mean, they have they have done this before. They have removed. Well, I mean, books. even the interface, like, M so MTG has a product they call Arena, which is just an online digital version. There's a, oh, cool. a Windows, Mac, iOS version of the game, and you. Right. The problem is even like there are there are fundamental like all the skeuomorphism in the world can't fix the fact that it's just very difficult and tedious and annoying to try to build a deck in that form. Because I tried it, I spent an hour or two trying it. And it's, it's super annoying because I can't just see all the cards at once. I'm limited to what's on the screen mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm. of the entire kitchen table where you can right. lay everything out and really see. And so there are certain aspects of it like that. And the other thing is, um, I mean, it's great. It's convenient. You could, you know, play it from anywhere. Theoretically, that's that's all fine. Uh, but there's always going to be some technology issue. I don't want to fight. I, I want to have fun. I don't want to fight a technology issue because I can yep. upgrade the system or wait for downloads or bandwidth is poor. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to retrofit. Like, it's mostly just an emotional thing that I just like paper. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not no, there's something about it. Like straw men. When it comes to the Kindles, I actually have a very, I go for books on the Kindle in a very specific subset. It has to be words. If there are visuals associated with it, 
which happens a lot with business books. So, for example, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy would be an atrocious Kindle read because it has so many charts and All the graphs charts and things. And graphs, yeah. yeah I'm not going to do that. Render well. Don't want that. Don't don't want that. Don't need that. Yeah. Um, so I read mostly just my fiction stuff or anything that's just word density. So you have you have you're talking about you have like an e-ink Kindle, not the Fire. Yes, I have an e-ink. Okay. I have the yeah. yeah I don't yeah. like the Fire. Fire is Fire is a tablet. That's that's what it is. It's it's an iPad. Yeah, just buy an Am- iPad. It's just, it's an just it's, buy an iPad. Yeah. It's Amazon iPad. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's a cheapo at that. Like I actually bought one for somebody. They decided not to use it and I ended up keeping it and I went, I don't want this damn thing. It's been sitting on my shelf. For, <laughs> I know, for I know why they didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, but business books, anything with visuals and stuff, dead tree all the way for every time. Uh, tech books, technical books. Like if I have a, a refer, a, a reference book for some language or, or, um, you know, a- O'Reilly, anything O'Reilly, I'm not buying that Kindle. The hell with that. I, I want yeah. the physical because the best part about those books is the index. It's, it's you know, going to the index, finding the thing you want to talk about. And then, I mean, that's the best part. So well, search, um, like Kindle and stuff, you can search. So which which in a lot some respects beats an index. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 What I like about the index is that. You know, the author made a choice. Okay, for this subject, this is the place right. you want to go. go. So it, yeah. it it gives you some authority. You have to sort of like, through ninety three instances, just a random. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Right, yeah. random reference to a word. Now that can be useful if you're really getting into minutia, but that tends to be the exception yeah. rather than the norm. That's more of the snowflake yeah. type of situation. So, um, all right. So you did your unplug week, and it was really good. I agree. I did the unplug yeah. week too. Uh, it was. Um, and I didn't want to come back to work. I was actually pissed off on Sunday that I had to come back to work. That's that's how relaxed <laughs> I was. I was I was so, genuinely okay. So I I'm slept not alone like there. crap. I slept like crap because I was it, some emotional oh, yeah. lizard brain part of me was dreading going back to work. Yeah. And I knew what was happening, and it annoyed me that it was happening, but I couldn't stop it. It was <laughs> which very makes you more sensation. annoyed. That more you're being annoyed. annoyed, and then you can't. And you then s- I can't end result. Sleep. You're still not sleeping. It's yeah. I, oh, it was it was infuriating it was infuriating yeah um but an excellent it, it was it was a it was an excellent break did you um uh any good uh so your your son got pokemon cards did you get anything good for uh for christmas anything fun um i get uh my my so my son bought me a laser pointer and my daughter Ooh. bought me a whoopee cushion those, well uh, those, those are, are the favorites those are yeah, those are high quality good. I, uh, yeah, I have reached the point now where, uh, my wife and I generally don't trade gifts because we get what we want through the year. Um, I, we, we got a coin sorting machine because we have, we have been slowly amassing copious amounts of coins mm-hmm. in the house. And so we got one that actually has the rolled papers. And so you can actually roll your own coins take them to the bank and do a deposit because nobody has those machines anymore. Have you noticed this? Yeah. Nobody does yeah. those machines. Well, I, last I time we looked- did, it was a few years ago and I had to, I had to look, you know, I, I mean, I was maybe six or eight banks deep in the list before yeah. I found one locally that, and we had to drive like a half an hour to get to one that actually had a coin machine. Yeah. And I wonder, I, I know that part of it was, uh, 
either complaints or at least suspicions that the machines weren't counting accurately, you know, like it, it would roll 50 coins and a, then it would drop, you know, yeah, I'm going to drop myself I think three. I think it's convenience and competition, right? Because how many people are actually, I mean, less people go to physical banks now True. anyway. Well, and yeah. everybody's going to the grocery store and every grocery store has got one of those stupid shyster green yeah but that's just it those things are in it yeah, and you are, eat like eight cents on the dollar or something but yeah you're there and you know it's there yeah, and you're already I going guess. there and you don't go to your bank anyway well, I, the know. banks all complain about coin shortages it just blows my mind that you know i used to go i used to bank at td bank well you when can I still in- go uh, most banks at least at least fret like in my familiarity most banks you can go and say here are my coins they bag them up and ship them off and then you get a uh, you a get a credit to your account mm. some days later. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so even if they don't have a machine like in the lobby, ask and they they may do that for you. Oh, I didn't even but think about if that. you got yeah, one at home. Maybe that's, that's so why sure the kids have a blast with it. So yeah, they they I mean they like it. Honestly, I like it. I mean we've got a we have yeah. piles now. We have a box of rolled coins. We've emptied a bunch of jars. Nice. And it's pretty cool seeing all that all that cash sitting there. We're going to take it to the bank and drop it off. And yeah. So really looking forward to, uh, to doing that. So, so that was the single handedly. The Cole family is, is fixing the coin shortage. Fixing Good the coins. You. Yeah. I mean, like, some sort of uh municipal award. Uh, it should be, you know, I'll just give it to myself. To I'll just give it to myself. Household. You give it to yourself. Yeah. Okay. Like that, yeah, like that Obama meme of, of Obama giving Obama the, the, the right. medal of yeah, honor. That's magnanimous of you. Yeah. yeah. So magnanimous of me. Um, <laughs> So uh, one thing, interestingly, though, one of the things my son has gotten way into, so yours is doing um, uh, Pokemon cards. Uh, my son got is getting into Legos, hardcore. He oh, really yeah. like it. We've been really, in Legos for a couple of years now. He really is. Uh, he is. He's building on his own completely. Well, I'll say 95%. Occasionally, he needs a little bit of help, but he's doing the vast majority of it himself. And I helped him with a, with a couple of builds. And I used to be a Lego, like even into my teens, oh, I, I would, I did fiend. Technic and I did all that hot, like the, the, the really yeah. high end detailed stuff. And it, it scratched that itch for me. So on a lark, uh, this week I went and, uh, I went digging around and I found a Lego creator set, which is one of those high end detailed model mm-hmm. things, uh, of the, um, I got the, um, the Thanos glove from oh, marvel nice. so lego marvel yeah. thanos glove it's it's fairly big and i even got an aftermarket light lighting kit that you wire <laughs> into oh it gosh. so that the gems on the so the gems the, they, they glow oh, oh, i'm so ex- it hasn't arrived yet and i'm really excited to to build it this weekend <laughs> i was when we we have a little um we have a little uh indie lego shop uh near our house and oh really? That's do they do they have like the yeah, big stuff? Because really cool. I can't find. It's so hard to they find have, these things. They have a really wide variety. There's there's the, all the there's brand new stuff. There's really old stuff. Uh, hard to find stuff. That you know the random bins of colors and you know you yeah, pay sure. by the pound. You can bring yours in and get cash credit for them. And oh you know, wow, kind of thing. Wow. Um, and in so I took, I took the two older kids. <laughs> Yeah, I took I took the two Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I like, like the the hub of Legos in you know the Eastern United States. Obviously, gosh, what is wrong with you? They have a whole. It's got to be six to ten feet wide, probably six or eight feet tall. Well, six feet tall, 
they have a whole section of a wall that's just the minifigs, all themed. Uh, oh, that sounds you know, cool. DC and Marvel uh -huh. and Princess and Star Wars and just, I mean, everything stuff. I didn't even know everything. this stuff existed. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy how much, how much they had. Uh, anyway, Lego's after huge. going in there, I wound up online really now not because of the price tag but really wanting a superstar destroyer Just i looked so at that big. set that thing is like it's Huge. like five feet long it's oh so big gosh. i want i want that hanging in my office someday. i okay so yes i thought the same thing not with the star destroyer uh, my wife and i were considering a remodel of the basement i was looking at the titanic which is the biggest oh. set they have ever made it has i think five thousand plus pieces it's it's huge. Ow. It's it, it is gargantuan. It is it, it weighs it weighs like six pounds when it's done. It's it's enormous. Um, and uh, so I was thinking, build that, get a shelf just for that. Um, right. Yeah. But but these creator sets, they do them in limited runs, and when they're done, they're done. And so mm -hmm. now it's they're out, and it's already aftermarket. It only came out a couple months ago, and it's already out. And the aftermarket stuff, the prices are already jacking up. It's it was MSRP for I think it was five or six hundred bucks. You buy them eBay, Amazon now twelve hundred dollars. It's insane. Wow. Um, my wife and I some of the Lego stuff, some of the some of the Star yeah. Destroyers, or the and the Death Star, like three grand. Yeah, for the for, for the older stuff that's that's hard to find. I know it's it's Ridiculous. nuts. Ridiculous. Um, I found out that there was an article. My wife and I both stumbled across it. I think because of our because of our Christmas shopping for the kids uh, came up in our search feeds <laughs> saying that uh, Lego sets better investment than gold. <laughs> and it was making a Over financial time. mathematical <laughs> argument for why buying, <laughs> buying, holding oh and selling goodness. Lego sets will make you better money than having gold. And I believe it, man, that shelf, when I go, it doesn't matter where I find Legos. The, sh the Lego shelf is always barren. There is always empty space yeah. on the Lego shelf. I yeah. cannot believe how freaking popular those toys are. It's it is out of control. They're more popular now than they were when we were kids, and they were popular when yeah. we were kids. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Oh, I was I was a Lego fiend. I'm looking at this. Is this it's it's a, a, around ten thousand pieces? Oh, did I Titanic. get it wrong? Okay, my bad. It's absurd. I, uh huh. Did, do they have a person in there for scale or a banana? Is the banana a there banana. for scale? Well, I would want a banana. You want a no, banana I'm trying for to scale? Look up the the uh, okay nine nine thousand and ninety pieces. Uh -huh. It is um fifty four inches long. Mm -hmm. So it's like four and a half feet long. Yep. a foot and a half high, and half a foot wide. Yeah, when it's assembled, nine thousand pieces. Holy crud! Yeah, MSRP was six hundred and thirty dollars. Temporarily and, out of stock, you see. Yeah, temporarily. temporarily. They're all, <laughs> if you you run down that My creator set, end. they're all temporarily out of stock. So now I wanted to do it. My wife was like, you haven't built Legos in the time I've known you. So no, you can't spend $600, $800, you are not spending yeah. that on a Lego set. And say, all right, fine. I'll play this game. I'll work my way up. So I found my Thanos glove, which was available MSRP <laughs> for 60 bucks. And I'll do that and I'll do it nice. And I'll do it upright. And then I'll build, I don't know. Something you know, bigger. Something bigger, you know. Work your way up to the and Titanic. Work our way up okay. to the Titanic or, you know, Superstar. Actually, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep an eye on the Lego 
creator site and see what new stuff comes out. Because I mean, I I, right. I, so I was I looking at that. Honest, there's something that's really niche. They have, I guess, on the on the creator site, like you can. Um, it's kind of a forum, and and people submit ideas, and then you yes, can they, vote. they the submissions. So and, like, if they get yes. enough support, they'll yes. actually like put it together, and then if they get enough support on that, they'll actually produce it. Right. Um, it's a whole voting system one that is. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't know about this until you know a couple Super of months cool. ago. Super cool. It's a great um, idea. Yeah, there's one that is a wood shop. And it's got like Stop. famous woodworkers and no, I'm serious. It's, it's really cool. So I made an account just to vote for this. I don't know if it's going to I've go seen uh, the one that, the one that really got my attention if they, they haven't done it, but if they did, I would totally buy it would be a uh, Hyrule castle. That one's gotten a lot mm. of uh, there. I mean, they have a whole Mario set now. So there's, a, they already have right. a, a, a Nintendo uh, brand set, um, uh, but it hasn't, it hasn't been approved yet. So, it's so sitting speaking in the of technology, which yeah. we do occasionally, I would say one out of three episodes, we actually talk about technology. Yeah. Uh, my son got <laughs> the uh, Mario Home Circuit Live. Yes. My son has one of those. He's got a, he has one of those. Super cats. fun. It's actually, it's, it's actually really harder neat. than Mario Kart to play. It's actually harder <laughs> than Mario Kart. Um, super fun. High recommendations. Wait, wait, hold on. It's I really want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Is this the, you're talking about the Lego Mario sets that you build and, and can play with? Or are you talking about something no, else? No, no. It's it's Mario Kart uh, uh, Home Circuit Live oh, is, the, is a Switch game. It's, it's an RC car with a POV camera. So you set up and they give you gates like, you know, to pass through. Mm -hmm. You set them up through your house or whatever mm -hmm. and then drive the track once to create the track. And then it, and you're holding the switch and looking through the POV camera. And then it, with AR, it overlays the track and the opponents and the boxes and the shells and the coins. Oh my gosh. That sounds so cool. I have it to is, check that it out. It is really Now it's, it's spendy. You have to have a switch obviously. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's like a hundred bucks. Um, oh, wow. and you okay. get, yeah, little, little yeah. pricey, uh, you get and and in the box it comes the car and the four gates. They're like cardboard, you know, and they're specifically designed so the optical recognition can pick them up easy. Um, but it's it's uh, and you only get one car. Now I'm un given understand that if you have two of these, you can have two people race in the same virtual track. On the, like, nice, um, but uh, we I mean we. We don't want to have it's. It's not like I'm shuffling switches, you know, picking a one. For yeah, good color luck that, finding you know. one. I, I, you're, you, yeah. you'll have as much. Well, luck. we bought this. I think the switch was their big present last year, and so this year we got him the right because they love they like playing Mario. Well, that's what I'm saying. Switches, I mean, Switch, Xbox, PlayStation. Are they on Obtainium too? Because I've been looking for a PS5 since they came out, and they're still they're no more available than they were. Yeah, total a year and change ago. Total unobtainium. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I have been searching, as you know, we've I've actually been uh, employing your assistance with um, with new egg lotteries to try. Can you and, admit this on on air? Or are you going to get invalidated? I don't think so. The, I don't think so. Like, okay. you know, you're you are a valid person and you're submitting to the shuffle and I am a valid person submitting to the shuffle. What you and I do privately, com you know, in our own post private commercial endeavors is, post shuffle yeah. is none of new eggs damn business. Right. So, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not look, I'm not trying to be shuffleist, okay? I don't I'm not, you know. <laughs> so, no, it, it, they're impossible to find. 
Um, I had a, I have a friend who stu- who works abroad. I had him check the stores in Israel just because, hey, maybe Israel is like an island yeah. for PlayStations. And you're you're nope. closer to gaming. The only reason I, I got a PS4 Pro, I guess, you, two years ago. Final Fantasy like, VII Remake. For we both did it. For FF7R. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason I have a console. The only reason I want the five is because I know the next one's coming out soon and I want to play that. And there's the DLC but, for but the- you're. FF7R. Right, right. There's the extra two uh two chapters. Mm-hmm. But like but otherwise I don't really game. Are do you have like is there any indication that these will ever become available? I, I like, mean, am I going to get one before I die? Uh I I um possibly. <laughs> it's about as, as like good as, as I can. I'm legitimately I'm legitimately cuz I don't know. I'm like I'm not I haven't looked into it. Has Sony said like why they're in such short supply i i haven't heard anything official i just know they that sony is doing its own lottery directly you can sign up on sony's website to get selected for one and they'll say so Mm -hmm. so sony's fully aware of the problem um uh i haven't heard anything come out supply chain service to blame it on supply chain or anything i don't know i haven't i haven't gone looking for the blame i just know that it's happening um, and so I, it's just, the, and the problem is now because, you know, now we're in this, like, this, is it just the, is it just the GPU thing that's like killing? Like, I, I think it's, I think it's supply chain and silicone. Um, uh, I, so I think that silicon, unless you're, unless you're talking about breasts, silicon, <laughs> is that really, silicone, uh, sil- silicone, hold on, silicone for breasts, silicon for everything else. I've never heard this before. No, so silicone is a is a, a plastic rubber product has an e on the end. Silicone, I'm I don't know that oh. I'm given to understand that at least at one point silicone. Oh, those are actually two different things. Oh, okay. The, the hmm. shell or the filling of of breast implants. I'm I not. I don't know. You know, if that's still I, the case I don't think I've ever seen. Joke. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that written anywhere. So I don't know if that actually I mean, yeah. it would make sense but, if it's a different spelling. I always thought it was an inflection of the same word. Now I feel like an no, idiot. but but. Silicon, silicon, silicon is the is the that's yes. the trace yeah, yeah, yeah. at you know atomic number seven or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I haven't seen Eight. what the actual it's yeah. it's the supply. I think it's the combination of the supply chain. But now the market itself is has sort of adapted to the shortage, which is only making the problem worse because yeah. now anytime this this stuff comes available. These freaking people bots. are buying it and flipping, and they're yeah. they're buying and flipping, and so you can yep. find this is the I mean this is what really cheeses me off. You can find tons of them for sale on eBay, pay two, on Amazon. Yeah, if you want to pay let twelve me guess, grand, like two grand a pop, twelve grand, twelve. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, tw- no, twelve. 1200 1200 1200 1200 okay it was eight hundred for a little while, and it has since over the holiday it bumped up to twelve. Uh, MSRP for them, I think is like five, five fifty or 600, something like that. It's, it, it's ridiculous. And so there is stock available, but the freaking scalpers are just gobbling them up and it's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. It's it's toilet paper hoarding all over again. Yes. That's exactly what it is. It's the toilet paper hoarding thing. So I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to sit and wait. And so what I'm, what I'm curious to see what happens now with the supply chain what I'm curious to see what happens now with the supply chain stuff is whether or not like they ever recover or do they just, okay, PlayStation six, screw it. 
PlayStation six and just sort of move on and assume that, you know, the market, you know, the Do you capacity think that they never would ever raise up. the MSRP. Well, I mean, they've, they've steadily raised it each generation. I, I don't think they would raise no, it. No, but I mean, like, do you think that Sony, do you think that Sony would ever say, Hey, you know what? PlayStation fives, they now cost $900. Oh, to try and stop try, sort of like an anti-scalper thing. Uh, like, like to take some of the margin out of it for the scalpers. It's not a bad idea. Cause if they're but, selling, I mean, if they're selling at $1,200, what that tells me is it's only because they're not selling at $1,300, which means there's enough people paying $1,200 to get them. Yeah, but I mean, how I much know. of that is because of market conditions? And Sony would yeah. also have to think about um, the optics of that and the potential. Um, I haven't not, thought it was just it, a knee jerk. Like, I haven't no, no, thought I get it, it through. I just, no, no, no. I, I see what if. you're saying. And I, and I thought about that, too. And you would have to think about the optics of it, the the inevitable blowback for price gouging. Yeah, some of them are going to be like, "What? What the hell, Sony? Like, you're just getting in on the act. This is crap." Um, But uh, yeah, they've never. I have never seen them raise prices on a. Sony or really any of them, I've never seen them raise prices on a generation mid generation. What they do is normal. What they have started to do now, last couple of generations, is they have a second second release of yep. that generation. So like the PlayStation 4 That'll Pro is the perfect it. example. So there was the PlayStation yep. 4, then there was a PS4 Pro, still a PS4, slightly amped up internals. It's a little bit better horsepower, more storage, that sort of thing, but it's still a PS4. Yeah, it was just a bigger disc and better 4K output or right. something. Right, and so like that minimal. will, and then they'll release that usually at the original MSRP of the original PlayStation 4, and then the, First gen PS4 comes down in price and they might even oh, okay. re-release the PS4 in a smaller form factor, which they did with the PlayStation 3. They had the PS, uh, or no, it was that four PS4 slim or PS3 slim. I forget which one had it. They actually released a second version of it and it was thinner and tinier. Right. So, right. I don't know. That's uh, so they so they segment the market after the release of the main product, but they're well into the cycle. That's yeah. that's what I have seen. I have never seen them raise like just arbitrarily. Yep, this is our thing, and it was five hundred last week, and it's nine hundred now. I've I've never seen that before. Um, no. I would be, um, I would be surprised. So, anyway, so you know, there's somebody, uh, there's somebody that would be able to afford twelve hundred dollars for a a PS five. And it's the uh, guy, I'm going to say guy, knowing that that, you know, may or may not be accurate, but, you know. It, uh, it's, a, it's a grammatical shortcut. You know, don't go looking guy for sexism where it doesn't exist. The, the guy from DoorDash that you sent me the article to. <laughs> what is this about? Oh, man. Nice segue. Good stuff. So this was, uh, this came across my feed and I thought it was an, I thought this was excellent reading for, for our audience. Um, so. There was on a site, which also I have never, I had never heard of called blind. Um, uh, Teamblind.com is the website. It's a place where um, professionals can chat anonymously about their jobs. And so you can, in theory, this is the site. I'll get to the story in a second. The idea is that you sign up on this site, you use your work email address so that they can verify, okay, you are an employee. So in this case, DoorDash.com. So this guy registers with his so-and-so at DoorDash.com. So the the website knows, okay, this guy is definitely a DoorDash employee. 
he could then talk to other DoorDash employees, but they would both be anonymous. So, so DoorDash employee A is talking to DoorDash employee B. They know they both work for the same company, but they don't know who each other is. And it gives them a degree of freedom that you wouldn't otherwise have. Um, it's a clever play. It's, I mean, in terms of the traffic they've got, it looks pretty significant. Uh, this is the first time I've seen them come up in the news. So anyway, that's the site. In one case, uh, a DoorDash employee signed up on Blind and posted to the website saying, uh, you know, WTF, what the fuck, uh, DoorDash is reinstating what they call the WeDash uh, program. And that mandates that everybody from the CEO on down needs to actually do DoorDash's once a month, I think for a day, maybe a week, I'd have to check. No, it wouldn't be a week. Once a month would be a day. Okay, so everybody, if you're not doing DoorDash's, if you're not actually a delivery person, but you work for the company, you have to actually do DoorDash's now as part of uh, the company's uh, performance metrics. This is actually part of your annual review process. Uh, and so their, their engagement program and then it ties into so it, they are metrics, mandating yeah. everybody actually does it. According to the article, I haven't I, I have not looked on uh, um, DoorDash's website to see if they've got anything published about it. But uh, apparently they had the program in place. They stopped it with COVID and now they're sort of re-implementing it. So it, this is not new. That's the, the first thing. But it looks like from the comment that this that this anonymous person made was that they joined the company after the program had been suspended and has now been put back in place. But there was nothing in the offer letter or the job description about this service. And so this person was really, really cheesed off that they had to do this. Um, and it looks like he's he or she is in engineering. And so... Um, you know, I didn't sign up for this. There was nothing in the letter about this. Uh, you know, this will be tracked in performance reviews. It'd be a really, obviously <laughs> some, some, some colorful language, uh, not happy about it. And he, he points or she points at the end to their, uh, total compensation being about 400 K. So I thought this was interesting for a whole host of really fun reasons. Uh, first of all, this is an interesting service idea. I'm curious to see where it goes. It's going to work really, really well for large companies, not so much with smaller companies, but kind of a neat idea, a way to sort of break the silence that you get, especially in larger organizations. Um, You're talking about blind. Blind. Yeah. Talk about okay. the blind service. Could could be interesting. I'm, I'm going to sort of follow it. My, my alarm bells ring a little bit when, oh, it's all anonymous, but we have to tie it to an actual an actual employment identity, which means my employer, you know, because, hey, people, uh, your your IT department, your security department, your compliance department can read your email if they want to. Mm -hmm. uh, that that like if I'm yep. if I'm going to use this and I'm paranoid, that bothers me from a sec perspective. That's uh, yeah. Other, but I mean, on the other hand, how in the heck is blind supposed to know? Like, how mm -hmm. do they var how do they verify you? So I, I get what they're doing. That's a that's a trade off. Yeah. Um, so I just sent you a link to how Blind defends their use of using the work email, the benefits of it. They talk about how it's kept anonymous. Um, and I had the same question you did. And so they have the, can my employer find out whether I'm on Blind? 
They say, no, while we do send a verification code, this email can't serve as evidence of having created an account on blind. Come, I, I, come on. So like, well, it can't. So that's, that's where the lawyers wrote that. Right? Yeah, because exactly. No, it can't be used to, it can't be because what you probably, I'm guessing you go to sign up and it says, oh, give us your work email and that's it. They send you the code. You have to come back and say, here's my right. work email and a code. That's where the account is created. Mm -hmm. So no, they can't prove you created an account. Mm -hmm. that, all they can, that's, that's, all they can prove is that blind a, sent you a, an, a verification code, right. which, which technically, technically, technically I could have had, uh, you could have gone to blind and signed me up for it. And I ignored the code. Right. So technically that's, what that's they're, true. That's but, uh, but it's there's a there's a huge but on the end of that. And um, I would be I would be curious just as a technologist, and again, like as a technologist who understands how to parse things that were written by lawyers, I gotta wonder, okay, doesn't create an account. Well, when I go up and and insert my work email address, I'm I'm assuming I haven't tried this. I'm assuming I go in and I just give my email, it sends me the code, I go back, email end code, and then it, it lets me in. Mm -hmm. When I go in at the at the first step and I just enter my email, does that create an inactive record in your accounts table? Mm -hmm. Or is there a requests like is there a is there a pending table? Because like if that record actually goes into the account table, like then technically I would have a challenge to their language there. Mm hmm. Yeah. So it created the record in the accounts, you know, I, I'm, I'm parsing words just for fun, but yeah. But I mean, this is, this is what happens, you know, I mean, this is, this is what happens. Um, yeah. and companies are not stupid. They're going to get wise to this and there's nothing stopping a, you know, a, a decently equipped it department from just filtering everything that comes from these guys. So that, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, there's, there's, yeah, it, it's very, very flimsy. It's it's flimsy ground. It's definitely flimsy ground. Um, so anyway, back to the topic at hand. So anonymous DoorDasher, uh, mad about having to participate in this because it wasn't part of uh, what they signed up for. And they mentioned that their total compensation is around 400K. All right. So uh, first of all, DoorDash, pro I don't know how many people work in DoorDash. Let's find that out. Uh, I'm going to do that while we're looking in the background, even, even if it's a large company that the fact that this is a person in engineering with, with total compensation of 400 K narrows the pool of potential people down considerably, you know, that's, that's going to be that person is potential. And, and not only that, they started after the, the we dash program was ended. So you have, you have department, you have total compensation, and you have approximate start date. It's very, very yeah, likely uh, that they could that they could neck down who this person is. You're, you're probably getting it down to a universe of fifty to hundred people, is my guess. Depending right? on because how big you, a, the company, company is. like DoorDash, a company like DoorDash, the engineering department alone is probably five hundred people minimum. Let's, minimum. You know what? Let's find out. And I'm, and these and here. and these companies they they do struggle with turnover. Uh, to some degree. Now, obviously, they're 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 that's this is one of the points that I had to make. Total comp around four hundred. Okay, so it could be three hundred one, 
Mm-hmm. And we could say, oh, it's close to 400, right? Just because anonymity or for whatever reason. They could be faking the number. More, they could be faking the more number. More link baity. Sure. But sure. even if they're not, uh, you know, let's say it was 350 and he's rounding up because reasons, right? Whatever those are, sure. altruistic or not. Uh, if you're an engineer, and we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago, you're an engineer uh, at a at a Silicon Valley company, you're going to get options, and that's part of your total package value, uh, along with time off, along with benefits and stipends and all the other stuff that comes around with it. My guess, you're probably talking about somebody whose base salary is about 150. As my huh. guess, that's your that's your guess. Okay, um, possible. Which, you know. High-end engineer, manager, right? Like you're, you know, that's good money. That's yeah. good money. So they have uh, they have about 3,200 employees. So decently sized. So, and depending on 400K, even if the number is not being fudged, is a reasonable number for um, a very high-end engineer in, say, the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. You, that, would be yeah. A, that would be a senior level team lead type architect role. So, um, it's like you said, it's well, still a even de- no, because it's total comp. It includes, it includes the equity grant Could and it's probably double. So you're talking 150 to 200 base comp, which in the Bay area, that could be a mid to high end. That could be a mid be and an there's going to be even more of those. All right. So, so, all right. Yeah. So you're poking holes in my theory that the person's identifiable. And I think you've, I think you've got good ground to stand on there. But I'm saying, <laughs> but we're getting good data. We, they have about 3000 yeah. employees and right. a company like that is, is going to be heavily weighted towards uh customer service, right? A yeah. lot of those are operations staff um, responding to emails and customer complaints and, and all that kind of stuff. Administrative. My guess is they've got somewhere between 500 and a thousand engineering staff probably at least 500. That's where I put the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're looking at the subset of those to your points that have turned over in the last two years and somebody who's, you know, not a junior developer for sure. Right. I think yeah. we, can, we can say that for certain, right? Not a junior at mid at minimum, not knowing what DoorDash pays, which as they grow probably gets less over time. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get more competitive as they, as they go. Uh, yeah. Where are they? No, They're I, think, based I think in- I stand by my, they're headquartered in California, in San Francisco. So this very okay. well could be just a, a Bay Area engineer. And, yeah. you know, given that it's total contract, total comp in the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could to be probably point, mid-grade. To your point, I think I, I think I stick by my, uh, I think I stick by my original. I think you're narrowing it down to less than 100 people. Maybe okay. 50. All right. So the, you, the pool is, is something that could be figured out, maybe. You probably could figure it out if you, re, if you were really, um, uh, invested and, and, uh, if you really wanted to, to find out. Yeah. Um, so th- that leads oh, me to- and by the way, because I'm sorry to cut you off okay. again before you go on, go for uh, it. because it can find out who got an email from team blind. That's Duh. right. What, what did we just talk about? That's right. right. So, That's right. so you take, <laughs> so you take those people of, of say mid and up engineering who have turned over recent, right? Now you're really starting. And this is why immediately when I saw, oh, use your work email to verify, alarm bells start going off because uh-huh. stuff's not as anonymous uh-huh. as you think it is. Not that I, I'm not that I'm calling out team blind. I'm sure they're doing everything they can. It's I'm in the up and up. I have no reason to believe otherwise. But if I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on a little too tight this morning, which I did, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So between... All, we, we just, we identified what, four or five different dimensions of, of metric 
that would allow yeah. you to neck this down. Any data, I'm not even a real data scientist, and I'm pretty sure I could take a pool of of all employees, given those metrics, and come up with a pretty good suspect list. Pretty short list. Pretty short and suspect And by list. the way, I would, I would submit to you uh, a blind, I don't know how it works. I don't know if you can look for other posts by the same user. I don't know mm-hmm. how that, I don't know how that works. Um, but, but if you wanted to be, if, so a lot of stuff like this, it, if you have a clue, it can help you glean other information. So what I'm thinking right. in my head, just to play, keep playing this out since we're already, you know, neck deep, I'm going to look out of the subset of employees who got an email from blind to confirm their address. I'm going to look at those emails that occurred shortly before the date of publication of this rant. Mm-hmm. Because would it, when do people create accounts on Amazon, on Newegg, mm-hmm. on Blastor? They create it so that they can complain, right? In many right. cases, I would I would guess that a lot of the negative complaints are like accounts first negative complaint is the same date as account registration because they went there because they were pissed. That's my guess. Not not being a data guy, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I think you probably could narrow this down maybe to a person with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, interesting, interesting sidebar to uh, to all of this. The pro- the process that we just walked through there, pulling these different dimensions, given a pool of data. That's that's data science, people. So if if that kind of stuff sounds fun and interesting to you, that's pretty much what data scientists do. You you have uh, a pile of information given various dimensions. Uh, you pull that information together. Usually Your whole from, job is to see how to torture that to get the answer you wanted all along. Yep. And you might pull that information <laughs> from disparate sources. In this case, we would have stuff from HR. We would also have stuff from IT. From HR, you would have names, start dates, and compensation. From IT, you would have who received a team blind verification code. And so you would have to take that data, you'd have to you'd have to merge it, clean it up, and then that's where the programming bit comes in and then you actually have to run the analytics on the various dimensions to neck down the group. As you neck that down, you might see additional patterns inside there and you might add additional dimensions and add additional filters. That is data science. That is what the whole well, kit and, and caboodle is. Suppose like we've we've unraveled this. I'm thinking now less than a handful, less than a dozen. I mean, if we like, keep, if you can, and that's a big number. I think we've already got it down to less than a handful of people here. Yep. Uh, the reason the reason I kind of wanted to go there is it, it's interesting thought experiment. Um, but like this is what a legal team is going to do. Let's suppose that this employee wrote something in that post mm-hmm. that is it like a a violation of their employment contract or can mm-hmm. be argued as a violation of their employment contract. Yep. The company does have incentive uh, and potentially motivation to uh, justification to go and do that forensic exercise and figure out exactly who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, so yeah. I, I just, I guess this is a, this is a cautionary tale to employees. I, I would say not even employees. I'm going to take a step back from it. This is a cautionary tale to people who use the internet. When you see the word anonymous, you should be suspicious. Like that is us, period. Period, end of story. Nothing is as anonymous as it claims, period. It's, I mean, as soon as you give another party something of yours, not anonymous. The way you stay anonymous is 
you don't actually don't give, use a computer. You, well, don't use a computer. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. So if you go far enough, I, I, I am, yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm skipping all the net code. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah. like admittedly, I'm going to, I'm glossing over that. Okay. So, so, so don't rake me over the coals for that. But on a general level, if I'm using a service like team blind and I hand team blind, any information, like my name, my email, personal or business, any of that kind of crap. As soon as I have handed it to them, I'm not anonymous to them. Full stop. You're, you're just not. At this point now, you are trusting them to handle your information appropriately. And that has been a decidedly mixed bag over the entire life of the internet. It's why we have things like HIPAA laws. It, it, it is a it's a big mess. And this is actually a big, interesting problem that, several, that lots of people are trying to solve. How can I communicate with a with a vendor, a platform, a service without giving them actually, actually handing them identifiable information, but still allow them to conduct a service on my behalf? It's a really, really interesting space right now in, in security and, and internet communication. Well, and it's not even, it's, let's say, let's say I have full faith and trust in blind that they're doing the right thing. They're trying their best. They, they are ignoring all of the things that could link me to my, but like, let's say they're doing everything possible and I have full faith in them tomorrow. There's an infosec breach. They get popped. Their database gets dumped. Yep. You're done. I mean, you don't even have to have, you don't even have to have lack of faith in the, in the first party you're dealing with. There are other interested parties in the data that you're exchanging. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So the the cautionary tale here for anyone, when you're using those anonymous uh, feedback forms, some of them do like a Dropbox, like an anonymous Dropbox thing for feedback and things like that. Um, they're, they're really useful. I, I, I actually like those practices. It gives the company an opportunity to actually address real concerns. I've seen them used in a very positive way. So I'm not knocking them necessarily. What I am saying is when you're giving this kind of, when you're doing this kind of venting, be very careful with how you say it and where you say it. You know, in this case, this anonymous employee could have actually taken the, like, it's a legit concern. Hey, I didn't sign up to do this. Now there's, there's some, there's an asterisk in there and I'll get there, but I didn't sign up to do this. You're asking me to do this, but what, what the heck? There's actually a good space to actually go to your manager or go to someone in HR and actually talk to them about it and give them feedback on the process. Hey, you probably should have mentioned this to me. And if you're not talking to current prospects then about this, then you should. That's good, useful feedback and useful to the company. And you, in turn, are valued more because you gave constructive feedback that makes the company improve, which makes you more valuable to them. So that's, that's good all around. But when you're venting like this and you're just, you know, you know, what the actual F and, and, you know, this is stupid. I can't believe it. now you're getting into territory where even if you're anonymous, if you're found out, it's just going to look really, really bad. And so while we all have we all have the uh, in our head that 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 ideal dream moment because and, and Hollywood does a great job in the movies with this, you know. You, the, you know, the boss is, is lousy. The company's a sleaze, you know, the, the company's just sleazeball, you know, and, and, you know, the person stands up in the boardroom and this is crap and I'm not going to take it anymore. You can't fire me. I quit. quit. And, you know, you walk out, the dramatic music is playing. Somebody's clapping for you. 
that's not ever how it goes. And that's, and for good reason, if you're feeling that way and you want to have one of those kinds of moments, fine, but you have to plan it. Doing it spur of the moment in a knee jerk emotional way does not benefit you. You always want to take a beat. I have seen that one time. I actually saw that one time. Wow. I, I I've never seen it. Without, without any sure. details, I can't, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I have seen that one time. And so, first of all, you just demonstrated that you weren't fit for that position anyway. Correct. Second of all, a lot of, because everybody, I think a lot of people have that thought, like, oh, I'm just going to quit and protest, right? A lot of people have that thought. Um, part of that, I think, is a little sadism. Part of it is a little bit like, well, I've been through so much pain. I'm going to put you through pain by just walking out unexpectedly. What happened 30 seconds after they left the meeting? Mm-hmm conversation moved on right yeah you you didn't and we're not talking about it yeah we're not talking about the remaining room full of people being jerks who didn't care but okay what's the company supposed to do in this in this position you left that was dramatic and unnecessary i'm sorry for that uh disruption back to business like you're not the company. What the the whole company leadership is supposed to go and take three days off to mourn your your departure or something? Like, were they going to put in burn an effort? Like, what, right? I don't know what people think is supposed to happen. Great. Now you don't have a job. Now what? And you yeah. didn't. And you didn't just blow up and then get fired. So at least maybe you get severance or you're qualified for uh, unemployment insurance. Mm-hmm. Right, you just left, so you get nothing except a job search, and the rest of the business day unfolded as it otherwise would have. You know, it's it's very. It, you're right. It's it's very Hollywood and and not real. Yeah, and it's not actually in your best interest. It's in your best interest to actually choose the time and place where you drop that information, and then that way you can walk out the door exactly the way you want. Uh, a hypothetical. So the way you do that is you go, you find a new job and then right. you say, Hey, here's my two weeks. And this is why I'm here's feedback. Here's what I didn't like so that you don't lose more people to this. This is my opinion. Take it or leave it. Uh, that's, you know, that that's the adult way to handle that situation. Right. Not the toddler way. Right. So it's, um, yeah. And, and, and a hypothetical, the, if, um, Say, say you have, we talked about the total compensation thing and the, and the stock options. So say you actually have some options and say they are mature and say, and you know, you can, they are mature as of the day that you have your dramatic rant and exit. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. So yeah. they're mature, but you haven't exercised them. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah. but you haven't exercised them yet. Now, technically, even though you rage quit today, you know, you can at any point, exercise those options, uh, you, you should be able to exercise those options that have already matured, but you get into gray area very quickly because you have quit. And so company's not going to allow company company doesn't actually have to allow you because you no longer work for the company. So they do not have to allow you. So no, you have just thrown away. You quit quit effective Tuesday at 
4.33 p.m. and you tried to exercise these options Wednesday at 9.30 in the morning, you were not an employee. You lost the right to those options. That's right. So, so <laughs> now, right. So you, so you didn't get to exercise them. Contrastly, this place sucks. I'm out of here. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have my notice. I'm going to put it in before I even give anyone a whiff of anything. I'm going to go exercise my options. So it's not even a question. They're already in my hands. And so I, then I can walk out the door with the options in hand and nobody can say boo about it because they're already mine. So wait a minute. Both of us work for healthy, growing, profitable companies, and both of us have growing teams and multiple mm -hmm. open positions. Why are we helping people to quit right now? <laughs> Because this is not very self-serving because it's for the same this podcast <laughs> is to benefit Chris and Chris only. And I don't like this. We're going to cut all of this out of the final edit. This stays on the, this stays cut. This, this stays on the floor. I don't want it. Why you shouldn't work for us. <laughs> the, uh, I will say the reason that I think that this is good stuff is because I am a true believer that sunshine is the best disinfectant. If you're able to talk about these kinds of things in an open and honest fashion oh, yeah. with your team, then they know that they can trust you about all the other things that actually matter. Um, yeah. And not only that, I've, it, it's it's similar to the the way that you and I have always talked about. We, we try and automate ourselves out of the job. We're always trying to build the structure and infrastructure, fix the thing so that whatever the thing is that we're doing today I don't have to do it tomorrow or somebody can pick it up. So mm -hmm. bus theory, if I'm gone, the company keeps going. And, you know, this is the same, you know, this is the same idea because having that information in hand, it makes everyone better because those dramatic blowups don't help anyone. It's, it's, it's actually just a giant mess. Um, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help the company. So, you know, don't do that. Yeah. And here's why and you I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I, I feel, I feel I'm going to say guy again, but you know, placeholder. Um, I don't know. I, I feel bad for the guy and I don't. So first of all, I, my, my first cautionary tale to everybody is when you see the word anonymous, it's not right. As we a don't think for, as for a the record, this person has not been fired rule. as far as I know, just FYI, this is, this person is just ranting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But they still work for it. Regardless. Them. Yeah. Yeah. But noted, um, when you see anonymous, the word anonymous comma, it's not. So right. that's my first caution of the episode. My second caution of the episode um, is don't trust, uh, don't, don't, don't trust media to a certain degree, mm. right? The fact that this, in my opinion, the fact that this guy, let's assume this number is correct, right? And his package is $400,000. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he makes $400,000 or $40 million or $40,000 from his perspective. And let's suppose that he was not actually aware of, like the company did not make him aware that this was a policy that was suspended that would be coming back. Let's say this is actually, because um, I'm looking at it from both sides here. I'm saying, yeah, I could understand you join a company. The job description says this is what we need you to do. And then all of a sudden we're adding on these things that are like, are, are not like in kind and quality to the other things in your, in your KRAs. I could, I could see feeling some kind of way about that. So I get that, I get that response on a human level. Um, at the same time, like, was, was it really nowhere? Did, was, did really nobody ever see, he had no idea this was something the company did that was suspended. No clue whatsoever. Nobody mentioned it in interviews, in onboarding, in training. I, I mean, I believe it when he says it's not the contract, because that's easy to just read the contract and look for that, right? But I, I 
I, I would question whether or not it was actually a total surprise and shock. Um, but the other side of the coin, right? So that's like kind of, kind of uh, a mixed bag. Like most states, I don't, I actually don't know of any states that aren't at will employment. There are a right? couple. at will employment. There are some. That I, I think there are a couple. There are a couple. What they are. Yeah. Most states are at will employment, which means you work at will. You you choose to be working for a company. What and it's mutual. Specifically, is both that, sides. Yeah. It it is it is bidirectional. What it means is that you don't need a reason to quit and they don't need a reason to fire you, right? So we can just say, hey, look, uh, it's been a good six years, but uh, we no longer need you on the team, and that's it. They don't. It doesn't need to be, termination doesn't need to be what's called for cause. Like you did something wrong and therefore you're fired. It can just be, it's Tuesday, we're letting you go. Now, as long as that termination isn't a violation of company policy or law. They can't say, well, we're firing you because you're a man or, you know, black or whatever, right? Um, it can't violate law. Um, but that's, there's no, unless you have an employment contract, which um, gets confusing because even some things that are written in employment contracts are either straight up illegal or just not enforceable, depending on the jurisdiction and blah, blah, right. blah. Um, and there's other things, there's other things that can go into at will, like whether there are um, like exemptions, uh, covenant of good faith, like there's other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but the guy, like to my guy here, let's say that whether or not you were informed, it is a surprise. I don't like, I'm, I'm struggling to thought process that makes me vent anonymously online about this. Mm, like I see. I, what is the end goal there? Like, because go quit. If, if that's, if that's so now I would understand somebody who says, look, the pandemic's not over. Not everybody's vaccinated, whatever the thing is, this, this thing is still here. And I feel like this puts me at risk. And I'm sure if this goes some legal action, I'm sure somebody's going to argue that that course or whatever, it doesn't matter. Quit, find another job. Yeah, you're, I mean, or, you're right. And that's I mean, my, my response to anybody complaining, cause I, I tell my team all the time, if you need an ear, I've got two of them. Come talk to me. And you can say, Chris, I don't want you to do anything with this information. I just got to get it off my chest, Matt. I will listen. I will listen until five o'clock. If I if 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 you got that much on your chest, I am here. I I tell my team this all the time. Um, but at the end of it, if you want my advice on something, you have exactly three options: do something about it, shut up, or leave. Mm -hmm. Like you either got to deal with it, fix it, or go someplace else. Because anything other than those three options is just is is it, it does not it does not hold integrity it is not it is not viable it's not sustainable or I, I like the you know a more succinct way to put that is don't come to me with prob problems come to me with solutions if you just come to me with problems that's complaining so it's okay to no, find something no, that's I'm, wrong i'm making a distinction no oh. i'm okay with somebody i'm okay with somebody needs to vent and get something off their chest oh okay right, All right. yeah you you just got to say that you have to have another person hear you say this and so i am open for that i, I you know there's uh, what do they call it? Anti-retribution policy, mm, you know, mm -hmm, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want my advice, that's where I flip over, right? If you want my advice, those are going to be your three options. Gotcha. Deal okay. with it, fix it, or leave. Because yeah. then anything other than exactly one of those things is complaining. Uh, this is not going to help anybody with anything. So you need to move along now. Right. Yeah, your um, point's well taken, though. But we, so we, we actually, I mean, this has been a great conversation. We actually kind of buried the lead. Um, so he makes this complaint, 
bunch of stuff about that. Um, the to me, he's wrong. <laughs> That's the other part of this. This is actually a good thing, whether he's in engineering or any other department. The DoorDash service is the delivery component. That is the secret sauce. That is their special thing. Every employee should experience the product because it makes them overall better equipped to do their job inside the broader structure of the, or, of the puzzle. To do their piece of the puzzle. 100%. So, and 100%. The comments that, oh my gosh, there's so, there are almost 2,000 comments at this point. The vast, 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 vast majority of them all say the same thing because this is, this, this is what you, this is, what the company does. This is part of the part of what makes them unique. And this only yeah. makes you better equipped. I get mad at companies and I would argue, that do the opposite. I would argue good on DoorDash for doing this. This is yeah. something that I think more companies could and should be doing as, right. as part of their engagement. This is absolutely clutch move by DoorDash. And in my, you know, I give you three options if you ask my opinion. It takes one off the table, which is fix it. This doesn't need fixing. I actually support this policy. So Either get over it or leave. Yeah. Like so get on board or get out the door. Right. So yeah. the, and and here's I'm how in complete I, agreement. Here's here's how I know that this is good because somebody tried to counter uh, by giving this was this is actually a good logical counter argument they attempted. So they say interesting idea. Let's follow that same line of thought with some other companies. Everybody at Amazon will have to work in a warehouse once a month. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea for everyone to work in an Amazon warehouse. Have you seen some of the horror stories that may or may not be true about what an Amazon warehouse worker goes through? Yes. Let's put all of the corporates through the well, warehouse. Called, I mean, it's it's called shift rotation. Like, it's called rotations. And, yeah. and lots of companies have been doing this well before Silicon Long Valley was time. a thing that yep. figured it out. Yep. Rotations are a thing. In fact, I, I've been talking with my team in the last couple of months. We may start trying this to some degree because I think it's I think it's good all around. If you yeah. can, if you can eat the overhead on the productivity quote loss unquote, mm -hmm. if you can eat the overhead on the retraining and, and you know, the, the, the meta that's involved with running a program like that, I think it's a knockout. Yeah. It's nothing new though. So yeah. a couple others that they offered everybody at Uber or Lyft will have to use a taxi once a month. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. And maybe you, do, you know, the company comps you the cost and maybe you're just going across town to get drinks or something, yeah. whatever. Yes, yes, you should use your How service. How about that? <laughs> How about instead, everybody needs to dash once a month, like everybody needs to dash in order once a month. Um, and everybody needs to get, if you're in an area that order. has it, everybody needs to order one per month. month. And of course, that's a submittable, that's a reimbursable uh, Reimbursable thing. expense. I would actually do it both ways if yeah. I was doing Because then it's, you've got, you've got a little carrot, you've got a little stick built in. It's and the you're whole seeing ecosystem. Both, you're seeing the whole ecosystem. You can't, you it's really can't, good. You yeah. can't ask your employees, oh, once a month, every employee should open a restaurant and accept DoorDash orders. Right. That's a little more harder to administrate. <laughs> that one's a little bit. Um, so there's two, two more here. Everybody at Airbnb will have to rent their living room once a month. Well, no, but mm. everybody, I could see- We'll uh, have so to go and rent correct. an Airbnb once a year or yes. something. Yes. Like, or, oh, we're going to, like, how about this? Airbnb, we're going to pick a major metro area to have our annual all hands mm -hmm. and everybody's got to stay at a local Airbnb while we're there, N something like that. Nice. It's contrived, it's, but- But that would work. And the other thing that I could see, I could see too would be 
um, in order to facilitate, because this one has some logistical challenges to it, obviously, to have people renting their living room. But but what you could do to try and facilitate this would be to incentivize them doing it. If you have space, if you have a space and want to do an Airbnb rental, we will um, we will promote it and you know we will not take the the usual Airbnb commission out of that rental. Oh, You'll yeah. keep yeah, more of the, the money. So you actually get, there's yeah, a, there's an incentive a, for you to yeah. do it. So um, it's like an op, cause I agree. You can't force people to let strangers into their prop. Like that's right. a non-starter just right. from the word go. But I, I like this idea of the company promoting like, Hey, do this. And, and you get the, we, we, you know, we forgo the commission. That's a good one. And here, and here's another, here's an expansion on that. That and the same promotion policy, is probably worth more than the commission, by the way. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you could even take the Airbnb thing further and expand it to friends and family. So say, okay, I don't have a space, but my uh, wealthier, older parents do, and they are, they wanted to rent it. And so, yeah, they're doing it, but it's your parents. And so if you think for a second that, you know, the nuance and the challenges and even some of the anxiety of doing it are not going to yeah. rub off on the employee, like, yeah. so you can absolutely yep. get the same results. You just have to get a little creative with it. Because and then the purpose, because the purpose of all of these is having the employee feel the pleasure and pain of the thing they're helping to put out. Uh, that's the right. That's the whole point. It's a whole Experience point. Experience the thing. Experience the thing. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, and this was where I thought the person almost had it, um, was uh, everybody at dating services will have to find a one-nighter every month. Um, so so not obviously not feasible. However, same idea as Airbnb. Allow the employees who are single and are mingling to use your service at little or no cost and, and allow them yeah. the, the full suite of the, of the service. And maybe even take that one further because you really, really want that kind of feedback. Maybe you actually incentivize them and pay them additional when, you know, there is a document, there's documented evidence of them actually using the platform to go on a date. I, I, you know, I could see incentivizing it. You couldn't do that with everyone, obviously, but still, even in that case, you can find a way to put your employees in front of that system. And then what I would do on top of that is once you have somebody who does use it, have them come back and actually give some kind of report, presentation, feedback, whatever, yeah. to relevant teams and have that part of their performance evaluation. And now it's a bonus for that. That's yeah. a bonus incentive right there. So if you know you yeah. do all this and you're going to get, you know, a higher quarterly yeah. annual performance bonus. And so, I think on top of I I'm I'm in agreement. Uh, and when you said, "Well, he's just wrong," I think, yeah. But yeah, like, he's even wrong. if you take the position, even if you take the position that he legitimately was never once informed that this would be coming back, even if it is, it is actually even if it's new to them, completely surprise. I I understand how he would feel some kind of way about it if he wasn't expecting, and it's not something he wants to do. But either get on board or leave because this is a good program. And if you're not somebody who sees the value in this program, you're probably not a good DoorDash employee. Like, I'm just going to go out and say it. Um, and I will say on top of that, you are talking about a Bay Area software engineer. Maybe among the most privileged workers of all <laughs> time. Yeah. For sure. Except for like, for sure. except for like 
late 19th century oil barons, maybe, <laughs> you have the strongest market position and the cushiest job and the best conditions and the most control over your personal destiny and an outsized impact on the world around you, because guess what? Software already ate the world. Shut the hell up. <laughs> It's very true. So uh, I did find one comment in the blind from another DoorDasher, or, or another confirmed uh, DoorDash employee. Oh, okay. um, so this person says Project Dash and We Dash has existed since day one in one form or another. Everybody, emphasis, was expected to do it. One dash a month, just one dash. It's not even for a day. Yeah. You do a delivery. That's what yeah, they're requiring. That was, that was my understanding. Yeah, yep. okay. One dash a month to know the product end to end. Yes. Everybody, yes, including yes. Tony, who is the CEO, directors, M team, management team, I'm assuming, managers, etc. one dash during work hours. So they even allow it. So that goes along with what I was suggesting before. You can mm -hmm. do you can use your business hours to take care of this. So it's yeah. not even like they're making you do it on your weekend. Whenever or you can do it during work hours or whenever you want. It literally takes 15 to 20 minutes and you choose the delivery that you do, just like a real dasher. Yeah, it was paused during the here's the backstory. This is why I like aside from the the validation, uh, it was paused during the pandemic for safety reasons and is now returning. It was always discussed and existed in recruiting materials with the explanation of why yeah. always. So it's also not really a surprise for anybody. So we don't have any validation, but this is actually throwing his entire the last the whole shred. thing. Into and question. I'm not saying. I'm not saying any of any of what he thinks or how he promoted his thoughts is correct, regardless of whether or not he knew about it. But this absolutely annihilates even the shred of doubt that this was news to him. Mm hmm. Exactly. Exactly. No, so no, um, you're a cranky, greedy, privileged son of a bleep. And you need to <laughs> shut the hell up and get back to work. <laughs> Oh, is <laughs> so I am, true. I this guy no. <laughs> it's it's called it almost work. makes you wonder. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder. Like, was this some kind of psyops to get the blind and DoorDash some press? You know, I, I know. wouldn't. It wouldn't it's surprise so me. Obviously, it's very obvious, and it's got us talking about the platform and all. I, yeah. I you know, it. The thought did. The thought I kind of want to order a burger for lunch now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm suddenly feeling highly lazy and unwilling to oh drive my, my car myself to get some lunch. Right? It's such a mild inconvenience. Well, if you have suffered mild token inconveniences at the hands of your merciful and gracious employer, uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback at refactor.work. Of course, at refactor.work is our main site. You can go and find back episodes, show notes, archives, recommendations, picks, the whole nine yards. Uh, you can find my ramblings online at chris.tonkinson.com and frank at hotcoals.com, K-O-E-H-L-S. And uh, that'll do it for episode what is 52, recorded January 4th, 2022. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Chris.